we celebrate the greatest and the worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. We hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about the anticipated July 21st release of two movies with arguably large IP, one of them being Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer movie, which the IP is Nolan himself, and the other one is going to be Greta Gerwig's Barbie, co-written by her partner Noah Baumbach, directed by her and co-written by her and starring, of course, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Now, we've talked about both of these people in previous episodes in this short incarnation of the cinema rag which began back in january we have an episode here on how margot robbie has really navigated her career very well between roles that are ip and commercial but also doing indie movies like mary queen of scots and and so forth and we've talked about how this movie is important for her to do well because she's never opened a movie uh, and that isn't previous ip that has been commercially successful so i tanya yes got her academy award nomination but it didn't do well commercially so this movie is important for her. And we've talked about Christopher Nolan in the episode I did with May Nolan versus Tarantino, who is a better director. And so we've already talked about both of these people. But before we begin talking about how there's this duel between these two iconic IPs, so to speak, I do want to talk about Indiana Jones in the box office because I'm recording this the weekend after. So I'm recording this like July 10th, July 11th. So Indiana Jones got the long weekend. It opened on a Friday and got through 4th of July. And as a whole, it has underperformed. It's only made as a recording 241 million worldwide. And in fact, it only had the number one spot for one week, the opening weekend. And then Insidious, uh, the new installment of Insidious, beat it by getting 32 million in its opening weekend and we've talked about this i think in the eighth episode we ever did we talked about the blumhouse model how it works and so these horror movies the blumhouse model movies insidious is one of them is that they make them for a very low budget i mean you think of what the budget was for these big tent tent pole movies and there are hundreds of millions now and so of course they have to make a lot of money back for it to be profitable and ultimately that's what hollywood cares about is profitability but when you use the blumhouse model you can make these movies if you go to the episode i mean the original the original paranormal activity in in these other ones were under five million dollars easily so if you do 30 million you've already six times your your budget so insidious what does it have going for its previous ip people who like the previous insidious movies will come out to this movie and we know also horror attracts the young people and who's really going to go see indiana jones indiana jones doesn't have an extended canon like star wars does another of the of the disney franchises here and so it's boomers like me even though i'm not a boomer but it's old people like me that nostalgia for harrison ford and the indiana jones movies but young people don't really have a connection to it and the movie from people I've talked to and heard is entertaining, so I'm, I'm surprising that it's flopping as much as it is. But again, maybe I'm, I'm just talking to an echo chamber. I know someone like May. May's not going to go to the theater to go see it. So I think it's going to be fathers of my age who might take their sons. 
But either way, Insidious is now number two. And again, the Blumhouse model is smart. If all studios could just get rid of all this nonsense CGI comic book movie types, they would lower their budget and go back to making movies that were very successful in the 90s, where we saw a wide range of genres being successful. And the Blumhouse model still adheres to this. So... Oppenheimer versus Barbie. I mean, this isn't the first time we've had two big movies come out on the same weekend. And there's only so many summer slots, so to speak. And most of the time, big studios don't want to release movies in August because August is kind of dead week. People typically do their traveling. If you look at Europeans, uh, Europe is shut down in August. They all go down to the coast. So you really have for Memorial Day, and no, really they've started the summer season in early May. But you really have three months to, to, to slot out your dates. And these dates are already slotted out. Uh, Disney mentioned about uh, two months ago how they already kind of anticipated when they're going to have their next installment of Avatar. And they've already slated, same for Star Wars. They've slotted these dates for like 2027. So they, they do these way ahead of time. So in some ways, it makes sense that Oppenheimer and Barbie are slotted on the same date. So the weekend before is Mission Impossible. No one wanted to, to compete with that. But... These two movies can coexist on the same weekend because they arguably cater to a different demographic. So who's going to go see Oppenheimer? Old men, dad bods, people who like history, people who are Nolan heads, and whatnot. Probably is going to skew a lot more male than female. And then conversely, who's going to go see Barbie? Females, females, maybe gays females and maybe if they can turn out the teenage girls maybe you can get the teenage girls to go now i think both of them are going to be successful if i have to make a prediction i will say that barbie is going to make more money opening weekend than oppenheimer i will say oppenheimer and this is going to be a shocker a hot take it's probably going to get more academy award attention because it's the type of movie that typically gets academy award consideration not so much because it's nolan i mean nolan nolan's movies do get academy award consideration think of something like inception but not all of his movies do but i just think if you look at the topic anytime we're dealing with world war ii that is like academy award bait and so you're throwing in the the creation of the atomic bomb how it was done and then you throw in a-list stars you got what killian murphy's not a-list star and it's good to see him I remember him going back to the early knots, and then he was the scarecrow, I think, in the original Batman. May would know because she watches the Batman movies, and it's just interesting career that he's had, where he's he's he was in Red Eye with Rachel McAdams. He's the bad guy in that, and he's a great actor. So it's good to see him actually get the lead in a gigantic movie. But opposite him, you have Damon, you have Robert Downey Jr., you have Emily Blunt, and a cast of like those guys. So the movie is stacked with talent, and it's going to do well. But I think Barbie is going to be more successful opening weekend. And look, Barbie has its own pedigree. Can Greta Gerwig, if you're not familiar with her, she's an indie darling. I'm, I'm not a big fan of her directorial works. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is... The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 2017, 2016, I believe. 
We also have the female holistic health apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about a hundred episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. I find Gerwig and her, her partner Noah Baumbach, they, to me, are, are, are talented. They're just not my cup of tea. I find them to be like Whit Stillman 2.0. And the thing is, I loved Whit Stillman's movies like Last Days of Disco in Barcelona, Metropolitan. I love those in college. But they're like the next generation of it, where it's just like Upper East, Upper West Side, snob New Yorkers, especially their early work, Bombax and Gerwig's early work. It just kind of caters to that group of people. And Gerwig came out recently, or I should say her agent did, and said how, how Greta wants to be uh, not just the most successful female director, which you could argue she is now. I mean, we don't really have Catherine Hardwick doing much work. I guess you're, I guess she's rivaling Sofia Coppola. Sofia Coppola clearly has at least a decade head start, head start on her. But she wants to be one of the most su- successful directors of all time. And after she's, she's doing this, she's going to be adapting some C.S. Lewis novels for Netflix to do movies on those. And she did Little Women not that long ago. And Barbie, I think, is going to be good because Gerwig and Baumbach are going to have to thread a line in this movie because it, it has to, like like the greatest animation movies, and I think the Despicable Me franchise does a good job, and there's others that do a good job, where you have to write the jokes to appeal to children, but you also have to make the movie somewhat subversive and sly and funny to appeal to the adults. And I think Gerwig and Bombach are smart people. And I think they, they'll thread that line very well. And that's why I think the movie's going to do well, because it's going to appeal to the, the kids and the teenagers. But I think they're going to write it in a way, because they're, they're very talented, where the adults will like it, and they'll like the subversiveness of it. Because if you look at the trailers, especially the last one, it's fish out of water. So essentially Barbie has an awakening, and it leaves her Barbie world to go to the real world. It's kind of like Enchanted. It's kind of like a lot of movies. And I think Margot Robbie is a talented enough, enough actress to be able to pull this off. And I think there's a lot of things going for it. Of course, the, the immense amount of marketing they're putting toward the movie doesn't hurt either. And it's previous IP. Let, let's, let's be honest. I mean, Barbie is, what, 70 years of previous IP? The other thing is Mattel, who makes Barbie, they're just uh, giving away all their IP to directors to, to make movies. Daniel Kaluuya, who you might know from... Um, Get Out, for example, he's going to be in a Flintstones movie by Mattel. And so Mattel was just like, look, we have this previous IP. You creative types, you directors and whatnot, screenplay writers, come in and make make art, make magic from our previous IP. And someone like me will lament this because I don't really like previous IP. I like when, I don't know, shocking, people make original work. 
But at the same time, it is what it is. And in fact, Gerwig's agent, I can't remember his name, he came out recently in a New Yorker article and said, look, this is the way of the world right now. Like, do we want to go back? We Artists want to go back to, I think he mentioned Sidney Pollack, who was a successful director back in the, actor and director back in the 70s, 80s, and some it, into the 90s. Like, do we want to go back to these kind of, of, of works? Of course we do, but we're not in that world right now. So, I mean, I think the creatives realize, look, we're in this world of previous IP. Let's make lemonade out of lemons and let's just find something out of all this previous IP, not just Mattel, but in general, and make something brilliant. And I think some people would say that Gerwig and Baumbach are sellouts for doing this, you know, making a Barbie movie, but it, it is the nature of the business. Like, like we've talked about with actors, it's not like actors as a whole, especially the, the better actors, want to be in Marvel and DC movies. They just realize that's what's out there right now. And so they, they want to jump in and do the best that they can. But I think everybody involved, aside from gigantic Disney and like James Gunn and, and other executives, want to get out of this previous IP paradigm and go back to the way it was in the 90s where we had some previous IP, like some diehard movies, we had the early Batman movies, we had the early X-Men movies, and just have more of a balance. But either way, if I have to make a prediction, I might go see Oppenheimer in the theaters because I am a humongous history buff. Not so much 20th century history, but I, I, I like history and I think this movie is right up my alley. So I might go see this. I won't see Barbie in the theaters unless I'm cogently convinced by my 10-year-old daughter to go take her. I don't plan to see this. As I, as I mentioned, I think both movies will succeed. I think overall revenue Barbie is going to do well. I don't believe in the the sky is falling idea that Barbie is going to be a complete flop. I think right now it's projected to make $100 million on its opening weekend, which is infinitely better than pretty much every other summer movie's projected opening weekend. And I agree. I think Barbie's going to do well. Oppenheimer will be a little behind. But I think both movies will make at least $300 million uh, internationally in 2023. I think at least. Uh, typically, Nolan movies are not like billion-dollar movies. But I think both will get to $300 million, And I think Barbie has a chance to get to at least $400 million. I think it has a better chance than, than Oppenheimer to do that. But I think both of them are going to be critically well-received. And I think both are going to do well. And I think it's great that they have them on the same weekend. And yes, there's going to be cinephiles who are going to go run to the theaters and watch both of them on the same weekend. I think that's great because movies, I mean, clearly I would not be doing a movie podcast if I didn't love movies. And as much as I lament how Hollywood's motto really is corrupting the youth since 1920, there is a certain beauty to movies and a certain edifying effect that movies can have on us. And you see that played out at the very end of Damien Chazelle's Babylon, where he shows that, that closing scene of Manny going to a theater and watching movies. And I just think that there's a there's a certain beauty to it. But either way, we'll see. I'm going to post something at the Spotify poll, and I'm going to poll which movie do you think uh, is going to do better. I'll also post something at the Cinema Rag Facebook group. Please rate and review right now. It helps this algorithm grow the channel. There's a link for PayPal and the episode notes, and also there's a link to eclecticogregorio.com, which hosts all the four feeds that I do here. Until next time, take care, God bless, and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.